Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Passport Necessary. I am Leila Janti. And I'm Marcus Rosati. And today we are going to be talking about moving. Um, so this is not an experience that is exclusive to TCKs. Um, <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, TCK means third culture kid. Um, but I do think that it's an interesting topic from the perspective of TCKs. It is because, I mean, I think for me personally anyway, I think for a while, especially if you come, as we discussed it before, I think the idea of being an outsider, if you are an outsider, it becomes a bit difficult to find a place that you feel like is home, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you moved around a lot more than I did when you were a child, but um, even as an adult, I found it difficult to find a place I felt comfortable in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, even now, like, I've lived in the city that I've lived in for almost four years, and now it'll be four years. Um, right. And I'm I'm comfortable, but I would not consider this, like, my home. I don't think I have a place right now in my life where I'm like, okay, this is my home. I feel at home yeah. with my partner. I feel at home with my cats. But, like, the city itself is not, like, my home, if that yeah, makes sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Because at the moment I've been living in York now. I think I've been living in York for four years now. Mm-hmm. I do come back to it quite a lot. I've moved around the UK, but York still doesn't feel quite like home. Mm-hmm. And I did have a sort of long period of time of thinking about maybe moving on to another city. Probably in the north of England or maybe just abroad even. I just it just comes into your head quite a lot doesn't it mm-hmm. oh my but, gosh all the time like we have my partner and i have theoretical conversations where i'm like oh well you know if we moved we could don't have to stay in the states we could go here and we can go there and he's like i yeah. have an american passport i can only do so much and i'm like all right yeah. that's true <laughs> so it is, is something that? that like as a theoretical discussion does happen frequently enough where it's not mm-hmm. like weird like it's it's happened it's popped up enough where it's like, oh, yeah, no, that is a possibility in our life. Yeah. I mean, because it always is. I mean, it's, I suppose that's one of the things, if at least you have um, experienced moving around a bit or being in a foreign country, you would sort of see that there are other places out there, mm-hmm. other things to do, other opportunities, I suppose. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, our first time we moved for my mom's job, I was five. And then we did a couple mm-hmm. months in, Vir- we stayed like a couple months in Virginia so my mom could get training. And then we went to the South, into South Korea. And I was there for two years. And then I was in Guatemala for three years. And then I did one year in DC. That was okay. not fun. DC, uh, like the capital of the US. And then yeah. I moved to Japan. And even with J- within Japan, I moved. I was one year in Yokohama. And three years living in Kobe. And then after Kobe, we went to Paris. um, And I was there for two years. And then I went to college. And even when I was in college, every summer I moved. And during the summers, I either stayed in the U.S., but I would move around. I would go to different places um, or I'd stay with family friends. Or I would go back to see my parents wherever they were. And that was in either in France or in Algeria. So honestly, and I was just talking to my brother about this the other day, this is the longest I've been in one place. Um, okay. In I think Halloween, because that was when we officially moved 
into this house on Halloween will be the first time I've lived in a place for four years since I was five years old. Right. Okay. That's a, <laughs> so, that's a new one. Yeah. That kind of gives you an idea of like how often I have moved in my life. Like I've yeah. never been in a place longer than three years. So four is like a big deal for my brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh my God. How has this happened? <laughs> exactly. It's like, why did I let this happen? But it's, it's good. And the stability is interesting, but there are times where I suddenly get like moments where I'm like, oh my God, I got to go. We need to move. We need to go somewhere. And it's like, yeah, thankfully I have a partner who's like, okay, we'll go on an adventure and we'll like travel. We'll drive around. I mean, it's harder now with everything that's going on, but, um, <laughs> we still try and do like little adventures to like quell that, re- that desire I have to just like go somewhere. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's it's still definitely there for me. Yeah, it's funny because I mean, I definitely would like to go and see and do a bit more stuff. I mean, I mean, with my job because it's particularly sort of located in a specific place most of the time. Mm. I mean, I sometimes get a chance to travel to other cities to work, but um, because my colleagues generally tend to cover that, I don't need to travel. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I could if I wanted to, but uh, at the moment, it's kind of nice not to have tra- travel with work because initially for about year and a half I did travel with the job that I've got at the moment so you know ended up working in started off in York ended up moving not moving to Manchester these are all some two northern towns in England um but I worked in Manchester and then I moved to Oxford following the job moved back to York again following similar sort of stuff and then this job at least to an extent gives you the opportunity to move between cities and work between cities which is nice so it does give you that sort of a slight element of at least getting out of the town mm-hmm. yeah um, but it's not quite the same as um kind of upping sticks and just moving somewhere else yeah well the first move for you you were a baby basically when you moved to yeah. japan yeah i was a month old something like that oh yeah that's what my, uh, you were very that's what my alien registration card says um, <laughs> something like that um uh, so yeah we ended up sort of like staying in Kyoto in Japan for most of the time so we moved houses obviously but we, we stayed in the same city for 14 years pretty much mm-hmm. or at least I did I mean my two younger brothers are obviously weren't the same age as me so they spent a little less time of their lives there in comparison but then um, we ended up moving to Kobe in Japan because of school mm-hmm. so bit of a distance not too far but a bit of a distance away mm-hmm. um that was the first sort of big city move that i had that i can actually remember then when i left school i moved to york for about a year and then i was in london for two and a half years two years something like that mm-hmm. back to york again for about three years oxford for a year and then back to york again so i keep coming back to york i'm not sure why but <laughs> It's a very safe city. I think that's the thing. Well, that's good. It's nice to have safeness. Safeness. That's not a word. Yeah. <laughs> safety. Having safety and a little bit of stability it definitely helps. Yeah. It gives a little ease and breathing room. Um, I actually remember the first move when I was five. Really? Yeah. I like chunks of it. I don't remember all of it. Mm. I remember when we first left uh, Louisiana. I left with my mom. My dad's like this is my memory. I could be wrong. But because I was five years old, I vaguely remember traveling with my mom um, and my mom brought our cat with us from Louisiana and we couldn't get a carrier. This was like a whole situation. This was back when you could 
you could kind of manage to get a cat on a plane without a carrier. So my mom, right. my mom had to manage to carry, had brought us, my, my brother and I, and a cat onto the plane so that we could get to DC. <laughs> it was a nightmare. And I, I, right. I have to ask my mom more about that story, but apparently it was not fun <laughs> for her. I can imagine. <laughs> I do remember the, our first big trip when we, the first trip where we went overseas for my, the first country that I lived in, which was South Korea. Um, I remember at the time, and I think it's still like this, there's no direct flight uh, from the States to right. South Korea. So I remember that we flew to Hawaii and we right, stayed in Hawaii for like two, three days and then mm. went to South Korea. It's like a, okay. a very vague memory of that, but I do remember that. And I remember getting to South Korea and being like, this is going to be great. I like vividly <laughs> remember that being like, this is going to be awesome. And I was super excited. I think the thing for me was that I was such a bookish kid and I, my brother and I were very highly creative. We loved telling stories to each other and like playing that not having a lot of items wasn't yeah. a problem for us. Um, so like anytime we moved for sometimes months, um, usually a couple weeks, we wouldn't have our stuff um, because you're right, waiting yeah. for yeah, like yeah, yeah. all your stuff to get imported. And depending on the country, sometimes it just like stays somewhere until they like yeah. finish with customs and border patrol and whatever but um so i i i know moving my brother and i got very much used to you know just kind of doing our own thing whether that was yeah. for me reading a lot of books um we would tell each other a lot of stories we always had a pack of cards on us oh my gosh yeah. we were such card sharks as kids we loved playing <laughs> cards but we always find found a way of like entertaining ourselves without having to have lots of things because we can have lots of things for long periods of time. Yeah, that kind of there was a kind of a thing. There was a, there was a it's kind of carrying on from what you said about sort of like and not having stuff and telling stories and that kind of thing. There was there's a historian in Britain called Simon Sharma. Uh, he's Jewish, and he did a his he did a history documentary for the BBC uh, maybe five six years ago, mm -hmm. and it was called the History of the Jews. And somehow there was one part of it that stuck in my head, which was that there was this idea within Jewish culture that what you have you don't have obviously because it's a diaspora. They're people who move around because they've been persecuted throughout history. And one of the things that he said was is that, or somebody I think in the document I'm pretty sure in the documentary said was that um. They, uh, in Jewish culture, a lot of stuff is actually portable. Mm -hmm. So it's stories, it's books. They don't have the buildings, they don't have all that sort of stuff because obviously, you know, people are biased, well, not just biased towards them, they're just actively out to get them mm -hmm. because they're Jewishness. And I just kind of thought it was an interesting thought that maybe that some people who actually do move around a lot are actually much more s possibly story-based mm. um, not particularly interested in necessarily large heavy objects because they can't take them anywhere mm -hmm. so it's a kind of a i don't want to say non-material but it's it's a different kind of cultural attitude maybe so you pick up ideas and things and stories mm -hmm. that are small or portable in your mind rather than objects like you know a lovely table or mm -hmm. that sort of thing 
I don't know if it's true, but I just it was an idea that came to my mind and you just reminded me of it and I just thought it was interesting. I I personally, like just from my experience, I can't speak for other TCK folks, but I mm. I know for me that was a big thing just because you know, playing for my brother and I was not necessarily heavily based on having items. As long as we yeah. had like pieces of paper or cards or even just like each other we would just tell each other stories or we would make up fantasies together. And we would, we would kept saying like, mm. we were, we would save it. Like if we would get to school, we would like break, create these like entirely fleshed worlds with like these characters and they had rules that they had to follow. And if they broke the rules, right. what would happen in the game? So it was like, it was like game and storytelling blended together. Um, okay. And it existed completely separately from, you know, any other thing that we were doing. And I remember my dad telling my brother and I when, you know, we were older, he was like, you know, every time I would drive you to school in South South Korea, my dad was the teacher there. So we would go to school all together. Yeah. He would drive us to school and my brother and I would be sitting in the back seat just talking the whole time. We'd be <laughs> like, okay, so then this character is going to do this. It's like, well, what does he say? He says, okay, I'm going to do. And so we would just detail all these like breakdowns of characters and what they would do and how they would say it and all the rules they have to follow and then when we would get to school we'd be like save and as soon as school would end we would get back in the car and we'd start all over again and it was like okay. it was a huge part of entertaining ourselves we just constantly were creating stories that's interesting yeah and like toys yeah. toys were fun and we definitely played with toys it wasn't like you yeah. have a box that's all you get we're not cats <laughs> um, but it for us the things that were more interesting were highly creative like we wanted to do things that allowed us to be very very creative and um yeah storytelling based yeah that's really interesting uh i'm trying to think like when we were kids i think like for me my brother's a big thing was lego and things like that and you would create this sort of stuff using the lego mm -hmm. i mean that's an object i mean maybe because we were more sedentary compared to your family that it was it was easier to kind of accumulate a few things and have them around mm -hmm. uh, but yeah we did have that sort of stuff as a storytelling at least and ideas and characters and that sort of thing mm -hmm. i mean the one thing is that also the other thing that you just mentioned about like telling stories and things like that does remind me i mean you know the bronte sisters um yes you know, mm -hmm. yeah apparently what they used to do is exactly almost exactly the same thing is that they'd tell stories and make them up and they'd work together to create the stories in these worlds and i think i can't remember how many of them there were now it's gone out of my head but you know they three of them wrote novels yeah no and they and were very they famous, were highly prolific right. well i mean I, I, bought, I think it emily bronte wasn't it who did to wuthering heights yes yeah yeah unfortunately she only managed to write one novel but apparently there was a lot of work that went into that. I mean, I have I honestly, maybe the moving around on the isolation makes a difference. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I've never read Wuthering Heights. That's one of those books that like, I always get told by friends. They're like, oh, well, you like Pride and Prejudice and like, you like all these other books. Like you would love Wuthering Heights. And every time I go to pick it up, I'm like, I'm going to read this. And I never read it. <laughs> I always like, put it to yeah. the side. <laughs> 
I mean, that's the thing about like moving around, particularly in the UK. I mean, I think, I think the thing is, is that you, you, you notice dialects and ways of speaking. I mean, in the UK doesn't have too many strong dialects, but there are accents that are more difficult to understand than others. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing about Wuthering Heights is that it is set in the kind of area that my mother's family on my grandmother's side comes from. Mm-hmm. So Yorkshire accents, they come from that sort of area, or sort of like up in the hills and all that. Well, not that necessarily that area, but like up, up in the hills and that sort of stuff. And Wuthering Heights is based on that sort of thing. And it's a really, really good, really, really good novel. Um, but it is, it's interesting because it's so localised to specific areas. And you read the novel and kind of go, I have no idea where those places are, but the locals will know. Where they would they know exactly where it is. Yeah. It's- I mean... It's so funny that you bring up the accents and stuff because I was I've been rewatching uh, Great British Bake Off uh, recently, yeah. and my partner will watch it with me, and he'll like make funny commentary for me in the background. But um, there have been one or two times where he looks at me, and he's like, "I have no idea what they're saying." I'm like, oh, it's like an <laughs> English dialect; it's an English accent. He's like, "I swear, I can't understand what they're saying." And I'm like, "Okay, well, yeah. they're they are talking. I promise you, <laughs> they are communicating." <laughs> yeah it's funny as i haven't moved around a bit as you do notice sort of like local i mean because i mean the uk what is is probably about the same size as new york state geographically i mean the whole of it is probably about the same size i don't know I, actually i think we discussed it once and it probably i mean in terms of just geographical size i think it's roughly the same size probably i mean just the uk or britain we'll say the united kingdom okay. if britain comes up then Okay, United Kingdom, let's see. New York State is, oh, it's giving me population. I want to know square footage. <laughs> well, population <laughs> of New York State is 19.45 million. And the UK has a population, a oh my gosh, the UK has a population of 66.65 million. Yeah. That's huge. Um size so the size of the uk is ninety three thousand six hundred and twenty eight miles squared Square. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then compared to uh new york state let's see new york state is okay this is giving it in kilometers there are more people who are going to understand kilometers <laughs> so new york state is 122,283 square miles the uk is 243,610 oh, square kilometers so it's all double the size. it's double the size yeah yeah okay that makes a lot of sense yeah um, and there but in but... and comparatively there are more people like size of the population, there were more people living in the UK than there are in New York State. And yeah, population density is higher. Is yeah. You mean? Is that, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, it's very high. I mean, but also then you start looking at like New York City. New York City is its own weird thing. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> it's like London in the UK. It's like London is London. Oh. The rest of it. I remember when I started living in Paris and then I had friends of mine who were still in Japan and they would mm. say like, oh, well, how's France? And they'd have this image of France as this very like pastoral with like cows and cheese and wine. Like that was their <laughs> image of it. I'm like, okay, you have to think of it like Tokyo versus the rest of Japan. 
Paris versus the rest of France is completely different. Like the people in Paris, the environment, the, like the buildings, everything like Paris is its own world compared to the rest of the country. It really is a unique city. Tokyo is the same way. New York is the same way. London is the same way. Like big metropolitan major cities are not the best representative of the entire country or the entire state because they are they're so uniquely different that's why i think it's funny when people go to new york and they're like oh new york is the u.s like no no not at all (laughs) no it can't be like i love new york it is not the u.s also, the U.S. No. is huge. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's the problem. Is that, you know, but I think particularly people in the U.K. don't understand. I think maybe sort of like having moved from an area sort of like where you are around people who are from the states and from different parts of the states mm-hmm. in, in in school, moving back to the U.K., the thing is your perspective on it is very different. Mm-hmm. So I think there are a lot of things that I really like about American culture and things I like about how Americans do things. I like the confidence. I like the can-do attitude. <laughs> I like the sense. I mean, it's genuinely true. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like you have the sense that you can go out and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there is just that attitude. It's like it doesn't matter if it doesn't work. We'll try again and we'll get it better next time. Whereas in the UK, there is a general idea of like no, I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do the other. Mm-hmm. And you sort of go, why can't you do it? And it's like it's because they tried once, realized that they didn't know how to do it, and then gave up. And it's like, but why would you know? It's like mm-hmm. it's and, and it's not it's definitely a different thing and like there's other stuff as well like having lived in Japan like moving back to the UK and you look at the way that people in the UK perceive Japanese people mm-hmm. I'm sure I think I did once I was out in a pub once and somebody started talking to me about this and I got I kind of snapped at them a bit because I was just sick of hearing it but like oh but the Japanese are also traditional they're this and that and the other like oh those funny little people over there aren't they wonderful and I was kind of like going, yeah, but that's exactly what they think of you. Yeah. Because what you're seeing is what they want you to see to an extent in terms of, because they're trying to get you over there as a tourist, which is fine, fair enough. People are entitled to do that. Yeah. But it's exactly what the British do to the Japanese and everybody else is what they do to the Americans, is what they do to. So what you're seeing most of the time is what they want you to see in a sense because they want you to come over and spend your money and they want you to have a good time as well and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing, there's nothing dishonest about it. Mm-hmm. It's just that that's what they want you to see mm-hmm. because they want to encourage tourism because it's a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the problem with it is, is that if you haven't been anywhere else or you haven't moved around a lot, you do find that there are attitudes and sort of assumptions and cliches that get really strongly ingrained in people's minds. Yeah. Like particularly in York, a really good one. This isn't even, mean, this isn't even moving outside of the UK. And this isn't even moving outside of York. (laughs) There is an area in York called Acom. And there is this strong idea in York that Acom is, the way some people describe it, is like hell on earth. It's it's violent. You're going to get your bike stolen. Everything terrible happens there. It's where all these people who we don't want to know about live. You go through Acom. It's just a nice suburb of a wealthy city. That's what it is. That's interesting. it's so strange. York's like this. And, and I think a lot of the people within York don't move around a lot, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing. Because I do remember somebody, like I said, oh, well, I've moved around quite a bit. And this guy came to me and said, well, I've lived in Rawcliffe. And you're like, yeah, that's in York. Next one. So, lived in, 
I can't remember exactly where it said, but it was, I lived in Clifton. And you're like, that's still in York, mate. Yeah. And anywhere else, it's like, lived in the Groves, still in York. <laughs> now I live on Lehman Road. And you're like, still in York, mate. I mean, when I say moved around, it's like, it's, it's strange. It's like conceptually, there are two, two, it's, it's not stupidity as such. It's just not, not meeting stuff, in the not same place. Yeah. Yeah. The idea, the idea of moving has very different connotations for different people. Like, yes, for some of my friends, when I was in college, I would say, "Oh, I moved around a lot," and they were like, "Oh yeah, I moved around too. I like moved <laughs> to two or three different houses as I grew up." I'm like, "Oh no, I moved to different countries," <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, that's uh, different." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. yeah, it's, and I don't think there's one that's necessarily like better than others there's something that's no. kind of that i almost envy for people who've lived in mm. a similar area their whole life like they have friends that they've been able to have and keep lifelong like they've known these yeah. people since they were kids and so it's a very different way of interacting in friendships and having yes. a very tight community that you know if something mm -hmm. happens there they could be there for you Whereas yeah. when you move around the way a lot of TCKs do, um, your community is a lot more spread out. It's a little bit more like yeah. all over the place. Um, and the friendships that you build, not that they're less strong, it's just that they're they're always going to have very wide ranging lengths of time that you've known people. Like yes. the longest I've known someone that I like am still friends with that I still actively talk to is from when I was living in Japan, um, mm -hmm. when I was in like end of my middle school. So that's, yeah. you know, comparatively not that long compared to people who have lived somewhere their entire life. Um, and I could see how that is very nice to have that, that constant, um, knowledge of people of being able to say yeah. like, I know this person my entire life the only person I've known my entire life has been my parents and my brother. <laughs> like, yeah, those exactly. Are, I mean, my grandma family, family. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. friends, the like people who I still talk to, still am friends with, still actively correspond with, those are people that like the most recent have been high school, mm -hmm. essentially middle, end of middle school yeah. to high school. Um, but it means that I think for me, the friends that I do have, we may not talk for like months just because yeah. our we have so many different life schedules and the way things happen in our lives because of different countries like time exactly yeah. like time difference that's a whole thing too like us being able to talk we have to think about time difference but yes we'll not talk for months and then i'll suddenly reach out and be like hey how are you doing and it's like we've never we haven't stopped talking there's always that sense of like we're still yeah. very close even though we're not physically close to each other. Yeah, it's um, it's it's interesting because I mean, he's just got. It's a different kind of friendship, I think. That's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. It works in a very different way. It's not because. It's not even because people don't have the time. It's just because working out the time is different. It's like because my parents are still in Japan, so communicating the when was a bit different. You do end up com communicating not through phone calls or face to face. You communicate through text and words and emails and Facebook or WhatsApp or whatever it happens to be that you're using. Mm -hmm. um, and that's interesting. 
it's a really different way of organizing friendship and i think the thing is is you do kind of value those people sometimes more Mm -hmm. than some of the people you come across in your daily life because they probably know better Mm -hmm. how to communicate about stuff with you than and than most of the other people you're going to meet it's not because the other people aren't doing things properly or aren't trying it's just there are certain areas of communication that are more difficult Mm -hmm. for a lot of people who haven't been through the sort of like tck experience and vice versa like having been through the tck experience there are certain things that you do and have assumptions about that other people just don't know Mm -hmm. and it's not their fault it's nobody's fault it's just that it becomes another way of communicating with the well safely in quotation marks the locals Mm -hmm. you know and that's the thing about moving is is that it does give you a lot of tools and things to help you work with people and things like that but it also means that you're always feeling displaced oh yeah absolutely a bad thing yeah no there's it's like if you think of a tree that's not really planting its roots very deep if you leave the tree to just plant its roots and just constantly grow and grow and grow and build these really deep roots trying to move that tree is Mm. very hard and it's always going to be difficult but if you have a tree that you're constantly moving and you're always like you're going to take care of it you're going to make sure it's watered and it grows and all that stuff but it's never going to really put in those deep deep roots Mm. it's it's just a different way for that tree to live. And I think that's the way that TCKs who move a lot, they have that feeling of like the roots I have here aren't deep, but there's a lot of knowledge I have within all these different areas. And I definitely agree that sometimes I value my TCK friends. I wouldn't say more, but in a different way, because like Mm, I could reach out, I could reach out to some of my friends and be like, look, I like, I feel very homesick and they get it. They know what I mean. It's not a homesickness of a specific home. Cause I'm, I'm in my, I'm in my place that I live in. I'm with my partner, but it's a missing of a country that I did call home and I, yeah. and I want to be there, even though it might not be financially possible or time, timely possible. But yeah. that feeling of like, oh, I wish I could be there. I wish I could hang out. Like those kind of feelings I think are very central to being a TCK. Yeah. A kind of nostalgia, I suppose. Yeah. A, a form of nostalgia because yeah. I think sometimes nostalgia, it can sometimes take on a very negative connotation of almost, yeah, almost wanting to live in the past because you miss it so much. And I don't think it's that. I think for tck's it's more the sense of like it was a play it's a place where i know i was happy before growing up or it's a place that i felt a lot of connection to and i'm not there right now and i miss it yeah so it it does have an element of nostalgia in it um but i think but it's not the kind of go ahead it was better back in the old days no not that kind (laughs) um but yeah moving's I think moving's fun. I think more people yeah. need to, to. I think a lot of people get scared by moving, mm. especially people who don't move a lot. Um, but there is something kind of fun about you know going to a new place, meeting all these new people, creating a new set of circumstances for yourself. Like there is something that's actually very exciting when you move. It it is pushing yourself beyond your boundaries, I suppose, isn't it? It's, it, it, it Sometimes you don't have the choice about the move or anything like that, but 
it does take you out of comfort zones and push you a little bit further. It does teach you to sort of be able to sort of like look at things and look at a situation and kind of go, how do I get through this? How do mm-hmm. I get through that? Even if you get yourself into some of the worst situations, everybody, I suppose, has had terrible situations in their lives, even whether accidentally or partly through their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting that um, I think maybe that ability to move and ability to look at things as something that you can work with, whether it's good or bad, I think that does come a little bit from moving around a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I definitely agree. It gives you a malleability. Yes. Plasticity, as I sometimes say. Plasticity. It's <laughs> a good word. It's a great word. I love that word. Um, cool. We kind of talked about moving then. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you guys have any questions, uh, please feel free to leave them in the comments below. Um, you can also reach out to me through Twitter. My handle's at Leila Gentil. That's L-E-Y-L-A g-e-n-t-i-l um and just hashtag it passport necessary so we know that the question is specifically for that um but other than that um we'll hope to see you next time well not see you we'll hope you will listen to us again (laughs) yeah (laughs) until then bye right see you bye